Crew Pros, your single source for high-quality, affordable home services. If you are remodeling, repairing, or replacing, Crew Pros are the professionals that can do the job no matter the size. If you are thinking of remodeling your kitchen or bath, needing a new HVAC system, plumbing repairs, flooring, or a complete roof replacement, call Crew Pros. Crew Pros, proud sponsor of the Grizz 901 Podcast. And I'm thankful for this this guy who tweeted and said I don't have that fire in my eye no more. That game right there was for him. That's what I do. I fool people wrong each and every night, and that's for him right there. Hi, this is Tom Izzo at Michigan State, and you're listening to Grizz 901. What up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901, sponsored by Zach Jaworski State Farm, where they treat you like family. I'm your host, Daniel Greer, and who was supposed to be with me was my co-host, Nathan Qualls. He'll be back here in a second. He was probably having technical difficulties, but the Grizzlies, God, coming off of a just an absolute ugly, ugly game. Uh, there with the Nuggets losing 105 to 91, a 14 point loss. They actually were down at some point by 23. They were able to get back and cut it to, I think it was eight at one point, uh, maybe even a little bit less there in the fourth quarter. But for the most part, it was, it was an absolutely ugly game all around. Um, it, it just looked like they were being dominated by the other team. And even jaw going off, it seemed like they could not cut it. They could not cut the lead until finally that third quarter when jaw went off. It literally it was a jaw show, and he went off in that third quarter, a big third quarter for him. And so I'm I'm impressed by that, and I'm impressed that they kept fighting and they came back and end up losing, right by the 14. But in the end, uh, it is a loss. They did fight back, and we're going to talk through some issues they might they might have right now within this team. Uh, maybe some things that I said on Twitter that maybe angered some people. That that that's that's comical in itself. Uh, but it was it was a it was an ugly game to watch. So let's go ahead and bring in Nathan. He's uh he's a little cloudy for me, probably cloudy for you. Uh, Nathan, are you there? Yep, you're terrible. Uh, <laughs> you're very bad. Uh, that's all right. He'll keep working on that. Uh, but honestly, let's get through the game a little bit. So the Grizzlies uh, within this game, it, it it was the Nugget show. It was the Jokic show from the very beginning uh, in that first quarter, and that was the that really was the biggest part of the game. Is when they went up thirty-five to fourteen in the first quarter, the Grizzlies have always been a, a a big first quarter team huge and now they're just they're just struggling with that and they struggled you know the, the I think it was a previous game uh, when they were trying to get off and they could not figure things out uh, with Oklahoma City Thunder and now uh, they have a you know a, a bad game a bad first quarter again it is what it is um, but it's not the end all. Okay, the sky isn't falling. A lot of people are freaking out a little bit, and I, and I understand. As a fan, a lot of times you freak out when when things don't go your way, and that's okay. But Grizzlies 
35 to 14 in the first quarter. And Nathan, we'll kind of bring you back in and see if we get your audio fixed here. But uh, what did you think of that first quarter? It just what did it look like on your end? Audio okay? Is it Audio's good. better now? Audio's great. I don't think of that first quarter, or should you? <laughs> that was disgusting. Um, I mean, the Grizzlies came out just as flat as they did in the Thunder game. I think that's yep. what's super frustrating. You look at the box score, and again, it was Denver pretty well dominated the game, determined the way the game was going to go throughout of it. But the Grizzlies actually outscored the Nuggets with their runs that they had in the last three quarters. Yep, they seven. got beat 14 to 35 in the first. Yep. Right. And they just, and they came out with zero sense of urgency. They came out with, it looked like a team that sort of reminded me of, I mean, this is really gross and it is insulting, but it was insulting to watch too. So whatever the Lakers of last year that thought because mm. of who they were, they're going to come out and win a game. And it's really hard for me to understand coming off two days of rest after an absolute dud of a game against a team you should beat 10 times out of 10 yeah, and have that kind of effort. You know, it was, it was, it was brutal. It was brutal to watch. Um, I certainly was mad about it. I'm sure that they will be mad at themselves about it. Yeah. Going back, looking back. And it feels like a game they need to go watch the film because I think there's a lot of things to learn from, from a pure basketball standpoint, but also to look back and see that's not that team that we want to be. That's not the effort we want to give night in and night out. There's no excuse for that, especially after the Thunder game. Yeah. I, and I think it's, if it's a game in itself, you're, you're a little frustrated as a fan. You're frustrated, right? It's just like, that's not what this team is or who this team is, right? And it's okay to be frustrated. But when you compile it with the Oklahoma City Thunder game, it's even worse of a taste in your mouth because you're just like, we should have completely beat that team. Yeah. Jaw gets thrown out of the game. We, we just, we didn't, we were losing by 20 when Ja was in the game. Okay. So it's not like, oh my God, Ja got thrown out and we ended up losing. We were already well, down. I was, I was going to say, I mean, I hate to sound like a Warriors fan, but does somebody need to remind them they haven't won anything yet after that Bucks game? <laughs> All right. Let, let, let me. Let, <laughs> Listen, let me, I, let me, I, let me answer well, that I, question. Let me answer that question real quick. This, okay, okay. this team, they're going to be fine. What yes. my biggest issue with this team so far, they are six and nine on the road. That's been my biggest issue. This last little win streak, all at home. They, mm-hmm. Like that is really where they picked up those, those kind of, you know, got the train rolling again. And so that's what worries me is going on the road and winning. It's not because of who they're playing. Okay. It's the, the competition matters. Nothing. These are NBA teams. They're all good. And when you go play at somebody else's home court, you should be able to beat them. You should have a you know, a 500 record, maybe squeak out five to 10 wins over 500 on the road and you should be really good at home. That's what really good championship teams do. That's what I haven't seen yet is the on the road wins because 6 and 9, that's my biggest issue. I, nothing else matters to me. A loss doesn't matter to me. It's one of 82. I don't care. In the end of the day, good teams are going to be between 10 to 15 
uh, games over 500 at the end of the year. So all you have to do is win 15 more and you lose. Whatever. But the on-the-road splits is what scares me. I'm not even worried about that, man. I'm not – I am not worried at all about this team after the last game. The last two games, again, it's gross. It's gross to have to watch. It's gross to see that kind of effort from the team. But I'm not – overly concerned again i thought once the grizzlies woke up and decided to play a basketball yeah. game they held their own right and right. it's i think the nuggets certainly didn't give all the effort they had to give but i also think the grizzlies just made life a little bit harder for them i think the grizzlies if they came out with four quarters of that effort would have won the game i think the yeah. grizzlies are the better team i think that they need to learn a lot uh, the main thing that concerns me is a lack of communication on the defensive end, there's a mm. lot of defensive lapses, right? It wasn't just the Jaron got into foul trouble with stupid fouls again, which he did, but it was Jaron floated around on a couple of different rotations and just let Aaron Gordon have drives to the rim, right? That can't happen. You know, Brandon Clark, I'm sorry. I love BC. I thought he played really well tonight. I think he's a good player for this team. It's well documented. I don't think he is the brightest player on this team. And when he's directing you on defense, listen, it's one of those things. He's just I, – I, he has been making a lot of the same mistakes this year that he did his rookie year as far as yeah. being slow on rotations, jumping on pump fakes, that kind of thing. But tonight, listen, he was super locked in. I'll give it to him. But he's directing Jaron on defense. That can't happen. He's directing yeah. Jaron on offense. That can't happen. You can't – Jaron Jackson cannot have to be told where to be by Brandon Clark can't be the case. Um, yeah. Things like that worry me. A, not They really don't even, those don't worry me. It's just, those are the kind of things that need to clean up and that can't happen the time after a loss. If it was a game where they had just won their eighth in a row or something along those lines, it's fine. But after a loss, you need to come out ready to rock and roll, to jump back on it. And they, they didn't. I think they will next game. I'm not super concerned about anything I saw tonight. Um, they just have to come out with a game plan. That's probably the only thing I would say can concern, could concern me going forward is I, – and I want to get your opinion on this because you do have more of a coaching background than I do. But it looks to me <laughs> – certified coach versus certified After ball you watcher. you made fun of me last time, now you're – uh, Coach Brains do come in handy. I admit that. That's what's <laughs> different between me and it's why I'm better is because I do admit where you come in handy. You can't admit where I come in handy, which is everywhere else. But um, from a coach standpoint, I have thought at times this year it looked like the game plan was give the ball to Ja slash Dez slash Jaron and then let them do something. And mm. they don't come out with the offense where they run, right? And I think that's what made Denver so dangerous tonight is, yeah, yeah everything goes through Jokic, but they have Gordon on back cuts, Bruce Brown on back cuts. Someone else is moving and rotating around to open up for three after that back cut. I don't think the Grizzlies do a very good job of that. Am I not seeing something, or is the Grizz do they not come out with the game plan sometimes? They run a completely opposite – offense uh if you look at denver they go into the high post which is Jokic, mm -hmm. and they work through the high post which is yeah at that point you're running you know you're running picks both ways whether it's high or low uh whether it's a back pick whether you're coming out and you know coming and, you know, using your guards to use your big guys to come up top to get the ball 
to create the motion. There's just pretty much a motion offense. Like you have the pendulum in the middle and then everything around it is moving. Right. And at that point with things moving, just like a, uh, let's say a football analogy. Okay. When you have the, um, the uh, RPO run pass option, right? Pretty much you're saying, Hey, you have this option, this option to do this. It's all about you making the right read. Two people have to make the right read, the receiver and the quarterback. So if they both make the, the right read, they connect and it's a big play. Just like that, that's how their offense works. And Jokic is such a good passer that they're able to do that. And they're pretty much running an RPO you know, style offense to give it to the people who um, are more on the, I guess, the football side of things. But uh, the Grizzlies run a more uh, ball-dominant offense uh, with jaw. But the, the, the offense completely flips on its head when Tyus comes in. And that's why the Grizzlies have been really good when jaw has been out is because they run the free flow motion type offense where Tyus will kick it into the high post, which is, you know, Steve-O a lot of times. Steve-O will use a, you know, a handoff pick screen, whatever it is. Then you have a lot of movement in the back end. Well, with jaw, it's, it's literally, you have a pick and roll, a two-man action. And it's really Steve-O or Brandon Clark, for the most part, those two come up and set a pick and jaw drives and creates that's their offense which i am not a big fan of but how do you go away from a guy like john morant when he is potentially a future if not this year but a future mvp type like caliber player it's hard to go away from that but that does hurt the rest of your offense is because unless you have guys that can play within a role like a David Roddy, who is finding his role very much so. Conchar, who has been awful, awful the last week or so. Unless you can find p- people that can play within that offense, that's really that's what it's going to struggle. But also, it can be so good because you saw what it did for Zaire last year. So, if that if that answers your question, I think that there's two different styles. I think it's all about finding the right pieces for those type offenses. Yeah, and that makes sense. And that's and that's the thought I have, again, is from a non-coach mind watching the game, is, yeah, it's everybody watch what Ja does. But at the same time, Ja's incredible. So you right. don't want to take the ball out of his hands. I just, you know, on nights like tonight where it's very clear the Nuggets are packing the paint, they just were not going to – they sort of did the Minnesota defense where they're just going to make Ja C2, C3. They're not going to let him in. They went more the zone. Paint at will. Can we not adjust off of that, right? Mm-hmm. And um, how do you it, think it you just would? looked? I, I don't know. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I, do you have more motion? Do you have jogging off ball a little bit, throwing some more cuts? But what you can't do is just settle for the shots Denver obviously wants you to take, which is what yeah. the Grizzlies did throughout the first quarter. And when Denver would go on a run, it typically is because that's what the Grizzlies were doing for the rest yeah. of the game as well. Yeah, so if you see their type defense that you've now seen Oklahoma City Thunder do, uh, as well as now the Nuggets have both done, is they ran a what you call a 3-2 type defense, uh, right? You have the the three up top, uh, and then it's kind of like an umbrella in a sense. Then you have the two post guys on the on the blocks on the near the near the basket. Uh, for some people that might not know as much about basketball, I'm trying to just explain it. Um, but what happens is is you put a guy like Aaron Gordon, who's mobile. He's big. 
he plays that middle because then if he has to, he falls down and he and he's pretty much a center in a sense. So you want a tall player. So that's what they're doing with a lot of these defenses against Ja. You have a tall guy, you have an oversized player at the top on this zone defense, and it actually keeps him hopefully at bay because what happens is it clogs more instead of using a little guard. He can fight over, you know, through screens and whatnot. And so what's happened is Taylor Jenkins made a very good adjustment. If you saw in the game, and if anybody goes back and watches this, they send two screeners up. And what they do is they screen the inside. And what that does is that creates a path that allows whoever the point guard is. It was Ty Sum, but it was also Jaw. It allows them a free reign right to straight down the middle. And at that point, you have two post guys. They both have to come. The only problem with that is you're using two guys to help one guy get to the middle. And at that point, your point guard, your 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 guy has to get up a shot, has to go up to the rim because there's not much help that 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 you can get out of that. Okay. So they're really doing one thing. The other way, what I would do if if it was me, I would send in a guy like they did, Brandon Clark or Jaron. I would like Jaron in that role. You just send him straight to the middle of the lane. You have three seconds, right? And you just maybe kick the ball back and forth and you kick it back to the middle and you should have Jaron there and he can kind of float in and out of the, the lane. Uh, but I, I think that would be the biggest thing is get to the heart of the defense. And that is the, the the interior right there at the free throw line. And if you can do that, you have a seven footer who is literally two strides and maybe Jaron, maybe no strides, you know, Mr. Go, go gadget arms. He might be able to get to the, the front of the rim very easily. But the other thing is we don't throw the ball into Jaron. So, don't don't put Jaron in the post because we were not throwing the ball into him for whatever reason. It's it's the dumbest thing, dude. I do <laughs> like, and I I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, hashtag bad fan. I didn't watch the second half of that o- Oklahoma City game. I score. I yeah, score checked. Fan. I was like, if it gets close, I'll turn it back on. But I I just got back into town. My friend's about to have a kid. We're at his house celebrating him. I'm like, I'm not going to put myself through this while I'm sitting here trying to have a good time with this guy. He doesn't deserve it. I probably do deserve it, but he didn't deserve it. So I didn't watch it, but I just assumed in my head, Jolly got thrown out of the game. (laughs) It's Oklahoma City Thunder, who their big is Poku. (laughs) To feed Jaron, right? Yeah. Christ almighty, that's not what happened. Like, I don't understand it. He's a freak of nature. And, I mean, I I almost even quit looking for it. Because tonight, I mean, it was the first quarter. Bruce Brown's on him in the post. They don't throw him the ball. They go swing, swing to a slightly contested three. Mm-hmm. And it's – listen, you can get mad at Dylan for taking shots. It's not like it's just Dylan Brooks. Zaire yeah. did it. There was one time where Jive fed it to Zaire to feed it to Jaron. Zaire kicked it out to Dylan for a three. <laughs> like, it, it feels like I'm on crazy pills, and I get it. They want to be able to space the floor and shoot, but you've got to recognize the advantage that you have in there, especially yeah. on ice tonight where, I mean, I think they finished single digits for threes, didn't they? Yeah. Well, I don't think they ever got to the double-digit threshold. So no, I, I don't think they did. It, it, it drives me insane. I don't understand it. It it's, makes you a lot easier to defend, to not exploit that. And listen, I know Jaron had one play against Jeff Green. They called a foul. It maybe it probably was a foul, but it seemed to me like one they 
there's no reason to call. It's not getting called on Jokic for sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, the whole not feeding Jaron in the post thing drives me crazy. But to bring it back to this game in particular, again, I thought the Grizzlies played very well. They played a solid game for three quarters. The problem was they put themselves in a hole in the first quarter where yeah. they couldn't just play solid. They really needed to play perfect for a long stretch of time to, in order to get back into it. And they just weren't able to do it. So yeah. I'm not worried. I'm not panicked. It was gross. I hated it. I felt like I was getting Jackie Chan karate kicked in the nuts for basically two and a half hours, but they're going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Yeah. Yeah. The Grizzlies, uh, five of 26 from deep, 10 of 27 from deep for the, the Denver Nuggets, who I thought, I swear, <laughs> it seemed like they hit every single three they shot. It's, I don't oh, know no. if that was just the first half. <laughs> but every time they shot, I was like, God, like, how is it? How are they hitting this many? It was, it just seemed, it seemed like it was nonstop. And if you look back at the numbers, it's like 10 to 27. You're like, all right, that's 37%, three. That's not that bad. That's not that good. I'm sorry. That's not that good. The yeah. Grizzlies defensively were fine. It was one quarter that they were, they were kind of out coached. And I hate saying that because I love TJ. Uh, but TJ. they were out coached. They just were. And it was a sense of one team had a game plan that executed it. And it was such an onslaught in the first quarter that Taylor, in, in credit to him, caught back up and was able to get his guys and, and credit to the guys as well, getting back on, on the right path, right? They figured out some things and they found out what worked. And then realistically, it was Jaw. Jaw did jaw things in the third quarter. <laughs> And outside of Ja going crazy in the third quarter, this game's a 30-point game. But because he was able to kind of flip the script a little bit, and credit to Taylor again, he played Ja to start the fourth quarter. I've yeah. never seen him do that. He, like Literally, even in a playoff game, he's never really done that. And so credit to him for staying with the hot hand and seeing, hey, let's just get a little crazy and see if it works. Yeah, I thought Taylor – made uh, one of the worst moves of the game in the first quarter, but correct. They came back in and made a couple of really good moves. I was really happy to see him change up with the rotations and leave Jai in, keep Jai in. Um, like I said, even I, with my dumb brain, saw the double screens he was putting in place to create some space. I, I liked that a lot. Um, yeah, and it's the same thing. that When they were making those threes, I don't think they made a bunch of threes. There's every single one of them felt like daggers because you were behind yes. the eight ball from the get-go, yep. right? It's They didn't make a ton of threes, but they were all big threes, right? And unfortunately, the Grizzlies actually had a chance. I got cut to nine or eight at some point in the third or fourth quarter. I can't remember. I think it was the fourth they, quarter. They did it both quarters. Both quarters. Mm-hmm. And each time there was a four-point swing off of a yep. Grizzlies mistake, right? It wasn't a Denver – good play there was a four-point swing where brandon didn't jump for the alley-oop job was going to give which listen that's very bang bang but it's one yeah. of those things that it's yeah when brandon's rim running i don't know how he's not looking for that because that's what he does right but you know there's a okay someone gets on a fast break and then nobody gets back and guards bones highland at the three-point yeah. line right it's little things like that um yeah, the only move from Taylor I didn't like tonight was taking Jaron out after he gets back-to-back buckets. It was like the next play. I don't think they got back on offense. I think something happened. He had three fouls already. I, I believe he already had three fouls. And they were mm-hmm. trying to get he, him out. They should have a dead ball. 
No? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he was in foul trouble at this point. Um, oh, okay. Because it was okay. first quarter. This was first quarter. And they take him out in the regular rotation. Um, if they had three fouls, and listen, I'll take it back. But well, if it's I, in the first quarter, he didn't. He didn't pick him up to the second, but he picked him up pretty bang, bang. Uh, there I'm, pretty in sure, second. I'm pretty sure he got it. Um, this was in the first quarter. It may have been in the second. I don't, I don't think it's yeah. a foul-related thing. But took him out and – at that point, the Grizzlies were really struggling on offense, and obviously defensively, they sucked in that first quarter as well. <laughs> um, All right, they let's just move on I, from, I didn't like it, but yeah, let's move on from this game. Obviously, it's been you know Please. it is what it is, right? It was a bad game. We've kind of broken it down enough for the people who weren't able to watch it, and the reason I kind of spent more time on this than we normally do. We're, this it's twelve fifteen at night. We're recording this as a current present time as the clock's still going up um and so i want to give you know this is going to release there's going to be a lot of people that watch this probably early in the morning tomorrow or maybe listen to it early in the morning tomorrow and able to hear a little bit of how the game went um this is why we went we spent 25 minutes on breaking down the game as much as we could Jokic was awesome right he went for 13 13 and 13 i i don't know if the, the the stats, even though it was a triple double, it wasn't overpowering, but it just seemed like he he just seemed like right he place. was toying he was toying with everybody the whole time. Like and he looked he looked amazing. Uh, he played within himself and he looked great. He also um, fouled the piss out of Jaron on some offensive rebounds. So I would love yes. if that whistle went both ways tonight. Yeah, uh, let's talk about some of the guys. All right, so mm-hmm. Ja has looked fine. He's looked good. He's kind of come back down to earth a little bit offensively. But he's still passing the ball. Another 10 assist game. Uh, he had 35 points tonight. Obviously, he got kicked out of the uh, OKC game. Um, let's talk about the rest of the crew. Dylan, are you are you good with his performance in the past? Like, are you fine now? I'm not talking about just tonight. Are you feel comfortable with Dylan? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dylan had a horrible first quarter tonight, but who didn't? Right. Okay. Let's keep going. I don't want to spend too much time on the guys. If you do want to spend time on them. Let's let's rock and roll. Yeah. Steven Adams, yep, they good. did not go back to him in the fourth quarter. Thought that was kind of weird, but I know that they wanted to kind of stay and see if they could change something up, which I like. He yeah. wanted to go smaller, and he went smaller. Unfortunately, Jaron forgot to get the memo of, hey, we're smaller. We're all going to switch everything. And mm-hmm. uh, he decided he didn't want to switch everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Steven Adams, okay with his performance tonight? In general, yeah, there wasn't much for him to do, right? Please put smoke in layups. That's it. Yes. So I I think Brooks and Adams have been the two most consistent players over this kind of this little run outside of Ja. Ja's been, you know, obviously amazing. He's been very good. They've been the most consistent. I'm not saying they've been the best at times. I'm saying they're the most consistent. And I think that's Mm -hmm. that goes to show that Dylan Brooks, I never would have said that last year. But him being the most consistent, one of the most consistent on this team, dude, it, it goes, it goes very good. Okay, it, it's a very, it's showing that he wants to get paid. I'll just be honest, he wants to get paid. That's why he's so consistent. But he's doing it the right way. He is That's doing it the right way. Important. He's That's doing the right important. way. Seven rebounds tonight. Dylan has played very well. He's played more consistent, which I've been a big fan. So let's talk about the rest of this crew. And mm-hmm. I let's not hit on Jaron yet because. Obviously, I put out a tweet that I uh, got some backlash tonight, <laughs> and I, I deleted it because I felt like it was the smartest thing to do for us as a crew. I just uh, I backed down, swallowed my pride, <laughs> even though I was we'll right. Into that. John Conchar, 
huge Jitty fan, personally. I know a lot of people are as well. Nothing bad about him. What do you think about Because he has not played well as of late. He's not in the role he needs to be in. And we talked about this a while ago, and you, I think, disagreed with me and kind of got on my case a little bit about it. John Conchar does not need to be playing extended minutes. He just doesn't. He needs to be a gadget guy that comes in on the bench. He needs to be a guy that is on the fringe of getting minutes when it comes playoff time. And right now, he's having to start for you. That's just not ideal. He's not going to create shots. He does all the little things right, but he does not have the physical tools to be even really average defensively, right? He is a minus player defensively, not because he doesn't do the right things, but because he doesn't have the tools to be an average or above average player defensively. He can hit shots, but he's not going to be just knocking down contested threes for you. He's not a guy you want shooting at volume. I think Conchar is fine. I think it's the right move to have him signed. I think he will end up playing a really, really valuable role for this team. It's just not the role he's in right now. It's more than what he's capable of, at least at this point in his career. Um, Yeah, that's just – it's just not okay. the right role. Okay, listen, I I disagree with the role. I, I think he's fine in the role he's in. I, I don't. Mm. What's his role? Stand outside, shoot if they pass you the ball to a wide open corner three, defend well enough, okay, and do the little things, rebound the ball. No. What has he not done? And this is this is why I think there's something wrong. There's some there's an issue. He's not rebounding the ball. He's just not. So let me let me just share these numbers real quick with you and see what you think. For the month of December, he's averaging 4.7 rebounds a game. For the entire month of November, he averaged 7.1 rebounds per game. Did he play more? A little bit. The reason he played is because he started. He's still starting, okay? In the three games, he played less – I'm sorry, five games – he played 20, 23 to 26 minutes or less. He was still getting seven, seven, four, four, and five rebounds. Like he's still getting a lot of rebounds. Now, if you look, he's had one game of seven rebounds in the month of December, one game of six, one game of five, and the rest have been four or less. Like there is literally his rebounding numbers, and tonight, one rebound, one assist, they're all falling drastically. I'm not saying there's anything wrong, but he has to do that stuff if he wants to be a consistent good player. And he's not doing that right now. And I I don't know why. I think you got a lot more activity during this little win streak from the rest of the team. I mean, Jaws getting Jaws getting six to ten rebounds every night, it felt like for a while. Jaron was doing a lot yeah. better job rebounding. Aldama and BC were doing a lot. Um, Adams, I felt like was a little bit down in his rebounding numbers too, but if you saw us, cause he was doing a lot of work blocking people out and just yeah. creating the right space for other people to work. And so I don't, if you think Jitty's hurt, I, I don't think he's hurt. Why? Cause I, so don't I don't think, I don't think he's hurt. I just think there's something like, if you look at him playing, he I looked to be a little bit more his confidence, dude. And that, that's probably what it is. And right? here's, and this is what I mean by the role. If, if that's his role, great. And I think that is what his ideal role is, is to stand on the perimeter, get shots up, keep the ball moving, go get rebounds. I think that's his role. I think 
the Grizzlies offense needs a secondary creator in the starting rotation outside of John Morant. And if it's yeah. not going to be him, then he, it's going to – well, right, No, no, no. And he's not trying to create, and I don't think he right. is trying to create. Guess what? It's going to have to be Dylan Brooks. And you don't want Dylan creating that much. You just don't. You just don't. Listen, everybody gets mad at Dylan, but at the end of the day, if the defense is collapsing on Ja, and you're not going to give it to Jaron, which if you know why they're not giving it to Jaron, please feel free to write into the show. We would love to know. Who's the other person? It's Dylan. It's giving the ball to Dylan. So don't get mad at Dylan when he's doing the only other option that's available. And other than that, it's giving it to Conchar. And I don't know if you've seen Conchar shoot a floater, but it's like Justice Winslow (laughs) level of danger for the court side. That's not yet. That's not so, his game. That's, that's not his game. The problem is the yes, if that's his role, great. That's his role on the bench. The Grizzlies need something else, and he's not going to be able to do that. So I think he's yep. been asked to do more than what he should be asked to do by no fault of his own, by no fault of the coaching staff either. It's not on the coaching staff. They're in between a rock and a hard place. But he's been asked to do too much. And so I think yep. it's probably hurt his confidence a little bit, and now he's – a little bit on edge trying to figure out exactly who he is in that starting lineup. Yeah, and you're probably right. He's he's averaging less than a three made for the month of December, okay? He That's literally – right? That's not him. He, he's a no-show tonight. I think he was at 14 minutes, 16 minutes he played. Literally, oh, it was a bunch of zeros and a rebound and assist. Like, so it just – it worries me that with all the other guys starting to come back and get healthy – if he if he can't find his confidence, he's going to start falling further down the depth chart. And I think that he is a very important player for this team. And I'm curious what it is. And I honestly think I think it is confidence. And and that goes on to uh, the uh, the interview I had with his college coach, John Kaufman. Shout out to the the Mastodons. Um, <laughs> they uh, he talked about that in a little bit in length, uh, talking about how. Uh, when John got there, he saw him grow as a player through his confidence. The more confident that that Conchar got, the more he was able to be himself and yeah. kind of become the player he is. But the the biggest thing with that, it's not that I, I think he's a bad player at all. I, I'm asking because I'm curious what other people see. What I see is a guy that now, like you say, has lost his confidence, but mainly – what I see is I see that little do something stuff that Melton was doing that Conchar picked up on. He hasn't been able to do that. And I think that is a big key for this team because it allows this team to kind of run on all cylinders. When you have somebody doing those little things, Conchar is not the guy boxing everybody out, getting there and getting a just a perfect pitcher, perfect <laughs> rebound. He's literally jumping over two people because it's a big kick out three from a long from a, uh, from a three. Like that that's the <laughs> rebounds he's going to get. He's going to get those ones that are just hustle plays. We want to see more of that. And I, I think that maybe his confidence, maybe some shots start falling. I think that'll come back around. All right, let's talk about one other guy uh, in the starting thing, rotation. Go ahead. One thing before we move on, I don't I'm not afraid of him falling out of the rotation. I don't see anyone coming for his minutes right now. I mean if you're looking at someone that you think like, oh, he he's coming back and Zaire, I don't know if you've been paying attention. I'm a huge Zaire fan, but it's not like he's outshining John Conchar right now. So I think Conchar get debate. his Conchar will get back in his role. He'll get his confidence back. It'll be fine. I'm not worried. Well, about let it. me uh before we I want to move on to Jaron, but before we hit Jaron, yeah, are we about to have a real conversation about David 
Roddy in the 10 man rotation. No, okay. Let's Let's just go, baby. Let's talk about this for for two minutes. Two minutes, not long. Whenever Bang gets back, we're at we're going to be at a nine in the 10th guy and the 11th guy. Three players Zaire, Conchar, Roddy. Three players for two spots. If you had to give a prediction right now, today, who's the odd man out? I mean, probably Conchar, but I don't like think Like I said, Roddy I has so Roddy has done so well in his role right now. Roddy can just do more. Roddy's the opposite of Conchar, where he has all those tools, right? Yeah. He has all those tools. He shows more aggressiveness. He does, yeah, and he well, he has the athleticism, right? And right. it's one of the things that Conchar, I mean, listen, it's not an insult. Look at me. I'm six foot when my hair is big, white dude with a bunch of back issues, hip issues, knee issues. Listen, the athleticism just isn't there, right? It's part of it. <laughs> it just is what it is. But it's um I don't I don't think that that's necessarily gonna be the case because they're trying to get Zaire back up to speed right now, but it's brutal. I mean, it's and we're yeah. big Zaire fans here at Grizz901, but it's brutal right now. We saw it tonight. Yeah. Listen, Aaron Gordon hit a wide open three that was really the dagger. That was really the one that punched the Grizzlies lights out because Zaire was standing in the paint just in the skies, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so I think I don't think Conchar loses all his minutes by any stretch of the imagination. He fits too well and is yeah. too much in a groove with what the Grizzlies do. But listen, you can't keep Roddy off the court right now. You're not going to be able to. You're not. He's playing too well. He does, and he does everything. Listen, he didn't knock down the threes tonight, but for the most part, it's gotten to the point where I was surprised when he wasn't knocking down some of these corner threes, right? Which yeah. is how Zaire got last year. He'd shoot a corner three, and I would expect it to go in. Yeah. And then he does the drives. He rebounds. He came and ripped one away from somebody tonight. I don't know if it was Jokic or who, but he just yeah, ripped right. one. It was awesome. Um, Ch- Chachnar, <laughs> I think they have a Chachnar for the Nuggets. Yeah, um, that's Conchar's cousin. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> go Mastodons. Um, you can't keep him off the court though. Listen, he looks every bit the part. It's almost like somebody. It's almost like somebody. Shut did. up! All right, our two minutes are up on him. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I just I wanted to have the quick conversation of David Roddy. Is 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 making the conversation loud? Yeah, he awesome. might be a rotational player for this team, who is a championship contending team. Yep. He could be in the ten man rotation, and you know Taylor likes to go ten man, so uh, he's going to get his chance. And obviously, I'm not talking about some games. You're going to have DMPs for certain guys just to get rest. Um, and you're going to have certain, you know, games where the matchups is just better on one way or the other. But for the most part, I'm, I'm talking about for the, 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 I guess the most of the season. You're going to have, I think Roddy's, dude, he, he's making a conversation about him playing. So uh, I'm okay. excited. All right, let's get to the last one. This has been the one that's been the, the most talked about. Jaron Jackson Jr., what are you seeing? Because Jaron, defensive player of the year in the conversation locally. Here in Memphis, he has yeah, he has played very well after coming back, right? And that normally isn't. It's normally like Zaire. You come back and you have your struggles, and you eventually get back to where you were. Jaron, when he came back from you know having the issue 
his foot issue and coming back so quickly you didn't think he would be this good jaron has been very very good he's he's shown glimpses of being all-star caliber there's also been other times when he's shown that he has struggled and it, whether it's basketball iq whether it's defensive schemes whether whatever it might be whether it's just getting lazy what have you seen from jaron here lately and, and do you think it's something that just falling into a rut or you think it's you know something that hey you just get out of that rut and maybe you're just going through a lull right now I don't think there's any cause for long-term concern and one of the reasons being I haven't seen any of that on offense right my frustration with Jaron's offense is typically the team scheme as a whole right and I think that's a huge huge disservice by the team to not feed him in the paint because he's shown an obvious growth in that area it's obviously been a area of focus for him to get better in the paint yeah. and they just haven't but they're not feeding him right and you've got to feed him you've like there's no reason he can't go and just get a straight up post bucket being contested just like Jokic can right he can yeah. he can go do that so feed him in the paint even if it isn't the quote-unquote scheme but um it's not something I'm super worried about it's just it's clear that he still has some growing up to do and some uh, some learning to do on the defensive end and how to use his yeah. body. Like, so the biggest thing, and I was, I was trying to think of when we were talking about the Bucks game, I said I thought um, they would put Dylan on Giannis, right? And you thought they'd put Jaron on. Turns out we were both wrong because Jaron couldn't stay in the game, but you would have been right. Um <laughs> But the reason I was trying to think, well, Jaron obviously makes the most sense. Why did I know that that matchup was going to get him in trouble? Hmm. And I was, and I was just thinking, because like, Stephen Adams didn't get in trouble with it, right? And it's just because Jaron still lacks the discipline right. on the defensive end. It's because if he was, he his ideal role is obviously being able to sort of free roam, come in, he clean is. up mistakes, block he's these the, shots. He's the safety. On a football but, team, safety. But for him to be able to really step into a full defensive player of the year candidate type role, I think this is pure speculation, just a gut call. He's got to be able to just play good disciplined defense and know how to mm-hmm. use his fouls well. There's one thing yeah. about Dylan that, listen, he had a dumb foul against Jokic at the end tonight, but I tend mm-hmm. to think even though he gets in foul trouble early, you see Dylan finish most of these games. It's rare he fouls out, and it's rare he loses a bunch of minutes because of his fouls because he, even if he gets three quick ones, he's smart about the way he uses them. Jaron's not smart when he gets his quick ones, right? He's either not in foul trouble or he is. And when Adams was guarding Giannis, he's like, Giannis is about to blow by me. I'm going to throw a shoulder into him, check him. He's not getting anywhere near the rim. They're going to call a foul on me, but he's going to think twice before doing that again, and I'm going to save a bucket. And Jaron hasn't learned that, right? And you saw yeah. a lapse tonight. I mean, obviously, the last foul on Aaron Gordon was just really dumb. It was just a really stupid thing to do. And he was just letting his emotions get to him. Um, you saw that clearly after the fifth foul towards the end of the game as well. But there's also right. times where there's a rotation, and Jaron just doesn't rotate. Yeah. And – it's not one of those, oh, defensive communications. Everyone else on the defense rotates, and it's not Jaron. Mm-hmm. It's like he just gets a little 
like daydreamy almost yeah. for a lack of a better way to describe it. And that can't happen, right? That's something that can't happen. Yeah. Um, again, nothing to be panicked or concerned about. No. Yeah, and that's why I put up this. You know, are we worried about Jaron? No, I'm not in the least bit worried about Jaron. Is he a little? It's kind of dingy. Yeah. <laughs> Is he a little, <laughs> a little brain dead at time? Could be a little dipsy. Uh, <laughs> he may be. He may be the the bottom five of uh you know what what i say okay, bottom five first off uh, that is not stamped by we let me basketball be clear. iq <laughs> let me be clear let me, let me from a outside standpoint throw a few disclaimers in there one we do not think he might be a top five or bottom five iq player two <laughs> you don't think that either it's called venting and frustration there's some things called rhetorical questions and exaggerations but it was a joke it was a joke it's a joke people Three, took it to, to some <laughs> people were misplacing their feelings tonight and y'all need to chill it's yeah so be all it right. was it was fun um i had a lot of fun and eventually like i said i deleted the tweets just because it got uh, not people <laughs> people were getting angry about it uh i i like jaren a lot okay he's on my fantasy basketball team guys okay first off that means I nothing have. i got people on my fantasy teams i hate but okay well i like jaren well personally. i haven't said this in a long time apparently it bears repeating we love all these guys we right. want all of these players As humans. to succeed as right. players we love like yes yeah we we love these guys so none of this is like wanting them to fail or whatever right if we even if we bring up trade stuff it's not screw this guy trade him it's how do we best use this asset for the team right how so do we, how do we get the grizzlies to be the best version of themselves that's so, really what it comes down just to. just a reminder we love these guys we want yeah. them to succeed so yeah. so a little bit about a little bit okay. about jaron that i've seen is uh being more vert like vertical and we've talked about that you know kind of getting his hand caught in the cookie jar where he's trying to make this you know spectacular play whether it is the big the big block whether it is the big steal um when you saw him get his fifth foul, you saw that Jaron was going up against Jokic. And the dude is a monster. Jaron is an absolute monster. His hands, his his arms, I call them the go-go gadget arms. They <laughs> go forever. He put his arms up, played vertical against Jokic, even though Jokic pushed him on the rebounds. He literally was going vertical against Jokic, and Jokic could not shoot over him because he is so big. And that's the that's the kind of defense that Jaron needs to play, because what happens is if you use your size, you use your verticality, you actually can stay on the floor more, because then you're going to get the blocks, you're going to get those chase down blocks where he doesn't foul on, he doesn't chase foul on the chase down blocks because there's nobody there. They shoot the ball and his hand is way above the rim and he blocks it. Like that's why he gets those spectacular blocks. It's not the other ones. What he has to work on. And he has to do this to, I think, to win the defensive player of the year. He has to dominate his one-on-one matchups. And I think that's going to be the biggest thing for him. Is he, is he honestly, he's getting dominated. Aaron Gordon should not be able to have the kind of game if you're a defensive player of the year. And he was on Aaron Gordon majority of the time outside of the fourth quarter. That can't happen. And I know a lot of it was, Backdoor cuts, but it was brain dead moments. It was his basketball IQ yeah. moments where he's not doing the schemes right. He's not rotating the correct way. He's losing his man because he's daydreaming. 
That's what it comes down to. You can't get beat up by Aaron Gordon and pretty much, in a sense, embarrassed in the first quarter. Yeah. So at at that point, it was it was just it was the mute point at that point. This is a complete lack of awareness, right? And that can't happen. All the defensive player of the year candidates, listen, most of them are freakos, except for Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is his own type of freako, I suppose. But um, he's a super freak. Yeah, he probably is. He's French. But they, um, <laughs> they do all the little things, right? And yeah. Jaron's awesome at the big things, right? That block against Joel Embiid, there might be two other guys in the league that could do what he did. Right Maybe, there, right? Yeah. Maybe. He may be the only one because he has the type of movement to be able to do that. It's not the big things. It's the little things. What right. little things are you doing? Are you able to stay on the court? Are you able to have the defensive fundamentals to stay in front of someone who is athletic like Aaron Gordon yep. and keep it in there and then make sure you put yourself in a position to get a rebound? It's all the little things, and he doesn't do all those little things, and that's going to be important. Yeah. All the little things, just like on the offensive end. Awesome. You can do freaky stuff on the offensive end that seven-footers shouldn't be able to do. Yeah. Can you get a little hook shot in? Can you do a little post move? A little stuff with yeah. He's a unicorn man, and uh, he is he's gonna be a, a very pivotal player for this yeah. team going forward. Um, he is one of the main core pieces, like he's not going anywhere. Okay, we like Jaron. Uh, but it just goes to show, and I made this comment that Desmond Bain is the second best player on this team, no yeah. doubt. Like he's in that position now because Desmond Bain, he's good defensively, but his offense is really what the Grizzlies have to have. No matter what Jaw does, offensively, Desmond Bain lets you become the championship contender team that you want to be. And I think Jaron's a huge piece of that. But I really do think you have to have a Desmond Bain to really just unlock a lot of pieces. Um, and I think he stretches the floor so much. I think you you need them both. I think they're equally important. True. Bain's the second best player. I would say Jaron is the biggest X factor, though. Jaron is very much so. you okay. over the top. I'm uh, okay Bain, with that. X factor is big. Bain getting in five on five today, Daniel. You see yes. that? Let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's get it back. We're Christmas starting Day. To get, starting to get just enough hope that I could be crushed. Let's go. Wow. That, that's how I. That's how just things enough. go in my life. So just just. Uh, tip all right so game predictions real quick and we've been we've been going for way too long and um we're both tired but very much so a little bit about game predictions sun's game sun's just lost by three points to the washington wizards got dominated by kyle kuzma love to have him don't know how we get him but what do you see with the Suns? Suns have um they've kind of been reeling a little bit they haven't been playing their best balls of late they just lost, like I said, at home against the Wizards. What do you what do you think about this game? This is coming off two losses. It's two days off. On which team shows up, man. Grizzlies haven't been playing their best ball the past couple games either. I mean, I can't imagine they come out. That game's national TV as well, right? Friday, yeah. Friday on ESPN. These are all I national they're TV. Two days off. They gotta quit doing that. The, the league's putting us in a hole on purpose. This is a scheme. The Grizzlies play terrible on two days rest, which there's no excuse for, but also screw you, NBA. Quit doing it. <laughs> I I mean, I can't imagine they come out and put up another dutter for the third game in a row. Yeah. And I 
listen, I stand by what I said on our last show. I think the Grizzlies are the best team in the West. I think they are the best team in the West with the most talent. I think when it's all said and done, they will come out on top of the West. And I mean, I I don't know what to make of a prediction because it's same time zone. Arizona, by the way, if we have anyone in Arizona listening, you guys are weirdos with your time zone (laughs) when you don't do the whole switch over. I just found out talking to a prospect the other day that you guys are all the – that you are on actual mountain time now, not specific time, so – it's very annoying. I wish you guys would fix it. But so they're going to be in the same time zone, same exact time. <laughs> I hope I hope they come out firing. <laughs> I hope they come out firing. If they come out firing, they'll win. Um, I think it'll take a good Jaron game. And I think no, I think that's the only thing that they will have to need. I think they'll need a good Jaron game and everybody else does not suck. And that'll be good enough. Yeah. Good Jaron game would be important. Um I'm not sure about Devin Booker. He did not play tonight. He has a groin injury. Uh, I'm not sure. That's literally the first time I've ever seen that. I thought he was playing, so he must have just had a – he was a rest or maybe it was a groin uh, injury. Uh, so I'm not sure about him, but he does have – they have two days off as well. They played tonight, and they won't play again until Friday. Um, and it's the late game again out on the West Coast. But DeAndre Ayton tonight went off for 30-13. and 13. That's not going to happen against Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams is not going to allow DeAndre Ayton to go off for thirty and thirteen. DeAndre Ayton does shoot well from the mid, right? Because he is mid. <laughs> no, 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 no. DeAndre Ayton is is good. Let me be clear. Yeah. But uh, I did like what you did there. But um, <laughs> I do think, and I saw this early from Adams. I think Adams has done a very good job of trying to eliminate the drop coverage that mm. took him off the court in the playoffs. I thought he played really well on the perimeter against Jokic. I thought he did well against the Bucks as well. I think the only reason they didn't go back to Adams was because they needed something to get they needed a spark. They needed an offensive right? spark. Right. It wasn't because Adams did anything wrong. And Adams, right. obviously, it's just not a good – your best offensive player, even though your plus minuses are big, you need people who could go get buckets and just right. not him. Um, and there were no right – moves for Taylor to make tonight. It was just that kind of night. So yeah. I think he has played pretty good defense. All that to say, sorry, it's tired. I already ramble when I'm fully aware. Well, well let but, me um, let me set this up for you. Good defense against him. You have Adams on Aiton. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have Dylan Brooks on potentially Devin Booker. That itself signed me up. Then you also <laughs> have Chris Paul. Chris Paul is going to try to do and put Steven Adams in every single pick and roll. They're going to take it, try to take advantage of Adams and Jot. That is the game plan. That's what a Chris Paul offense does. There's going to be a lot of gamesmanship. There's going to be a lot of coaching techniques. They do have two days off, which helps. Uh, but Chris Paul has not been Chris Paul. So I, I really like this matchup for the Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies win this game. I don't see, I don't see a world where they come out flat again. I think they're going to come out with their hair on fire, and I think they're going to get a big dub uh, on ESPN and take it into Christmas Day. Yep, I think the Grizzlies will take the Suns more seriously than they take the Nuggets. The Grizzlies know that they're better than the Nuggets. I think they've known since last year they're better than the Nuggets. And I think the Suns, there's still something to prove there. There's a little bit of, for lack of a better word, at midnight pissiness back and forth with that. Pissiness. 
Have Peace. a good Wednesday. I hate that I did you're, that on a podcast that's going out. But right, we're um, gonna, is that going to be yeah. the title of the show? The pissiness of that game. Nope. <laughs> that will not be the title. <laughs> All right. Anything else you got on that uh, before I hit my uh, my ad for Mr. Jaworski? Nah, I hit it. All right. If you need insurance, go check out our guy, Zach Jaworski State Farm. 901-443-4798 at ZachInsuresMemphis.com. Z-A-C-H, ZachInsuresMemphis.com. Uh, he insures me. He insures my family. Uh, he can insure you, whether it's your automobile, home, whatever. Promise you. Go check out. Let them know the Grizz 901 team sent you. Again, 901-443-4798. ZachInsuresMemphis.com. Also, our merch we're putting out new stuff. Grizz901 merch. You can go find us at Grizz, uh, grindcitydesigns.com backslash Grizz901. Grindcitydesigns.com backslash Grizz901. Uh, also, play, Grizzly Player Watch. Real quick, shout out. It is past, way past midnight. Uh, two and two night. Sorry, uh, Santi Aldama did not. He got in foul trouble, so he, he missed. But uh, two and two night, 57 and 44 on the year if you are following along. All right. We have some big games coming up. We're going to keep trying to do these late night ones. I don't know if we're going to be able to. I'm fine. I'm an, I'm a late night owl. If you're hearing this on a Wednesday and you're on the podcast or on YouTube, thank you for hanging out. We've had a big group hanging out with us the whole night tonight. So thank you uh, for hanging out with us here on YouTube, uh, listening and watching uh, and seeing us as we battle through the, uh, the late night time. Uh, but <laughs> anything else that you see, yeah, it's way too late. I don't even know what I'm saying at this point. <laughs> anything you have going out, Nate? Anything you got going on? Uh, we will have a really cool, unique article coming out. I was hoping – well, we did have, I guess, a big jaw game, um, but it was not a fun big jaw game. But a really cool article coming out by Mr. Andrew Hanesian tomorrow mm. on the anatomy of Ja Morant. And he – for – anyone who doesn't know Andrew has a background in biology and medicine. And so he knows a lot about muscle fibers, all the kind of junk. That's really the only thing I know is how to say muscle fibers. He knows all that stuff. So he goes in depth on how um, the different muscle groups work and what about jaw specific muscle fibers, et cetera, et cetera. And allowing him to do all the crazy stuff he does. So listen, it's really good. He does it in a way where even I can understand what's going on. So be sure to check that out. We'll have that coming out tomorrow. And then we have a uh, some Christmas-themed stuff that's going to be very gimmicky, and everyone's going to really enjoy it coming out towards the end of the week as well. So check out those articles that will be coming out. And other than that, um, no, I don't have anything. <laughs> no. That's, that's it. That's the end. That's that, that big brain working over there for uh, Andrew. Uh, got that, big brain the, energy. Big brain. He's the opposite of someone else. Won't, won't mention all right, what do you have? What do you have? No, I was raising my hand. Opposite oh, of me. Oh, you're a big friend. You're a big friend. <laughs> all right, that's all we got. Thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, it's always a joy. I, I, I love doing these post-game ones now. It's, it's been now my favorite ones. Uh, and honestly, shout out to everyone. Um, our pod has been kind of blowing up. Kind of blowing yeah. up. Uh, so thank you for listening. Uh, whether you like us, you don't like us you hate us whatever you're listening thank you so keep hanging out what else do you have grizz are going to be okay it's going to be good it's going to be fun again soon i i anticipate them having a good game this week.
Friday. It was just so much fun. How is it not fun? I don't get it. I don't get it. It's fun. We're losing. We just go, whatever. Two games. Whatever. They it's were miserable. Fun. It's still fun. Whatever. <laughs> it's still fun. All right. We've crossed the hour mark. We got to get out of here. Be nice and tell your friends.